This is the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goldsmith swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. We're about 40 minutes out from our official coverage of St. Louis Cardinals baseball as uh, we'll have Ameren total access beginning tonight at uh, 7.50 is when that's going to get rolling. Cardinals, Giants opening up a four-game midweek set tonight. Jordan Montgomery on the mound for the Cardinals. It'll be Alex Cobb going for the Giants. Cardinals trying to win their second in a row after they win yesterday behind the hot hitting of Paul DeYoung. We've been speaking about uh, DeYoung during much of this show today. We'll see. We'll see what happens. That's that's one thing you're going to get from me a whole lot of. Yeah, we'll see. Because who knows? This is such an unknown. Here's where I take issue with... I. I was going back and forth with somebody on Twitter. We got a text earlier. People talk about all the opportunities that DeYoung has gotten. And yes, he's gotten more opportunities than maybe even he deserves. And maybe it is connected to the contract. Not maybe it is. It is connected to the contract. You're just, you've, you've invested that much money into him. You're not just going to walk away. So he has gotten more opportunities because they don't just want to throw that money away that they are obligated to give him. That's that's called business. That's just the way things work. You can like it, you can not like it, doesn't really matter. In you know, it happens in the minor leagues. If there's a guy that was a first round draft pick who got a bunch of money, and then there's a guy who was an undrafted free agent that played five years in college. And they're they're both putting up basically the same type of numbers, and you got to call one of them up. You're calling the guy up who's got the money connected to. You're calling up the guy who uh, who you've got something invested in. So investment matters, and we can argue all day long whether or not it was a good investment or not. That doesn't really apply to. We are where we're at now. We are where we're at. The one thing I'll continue to say with DeYoung is, we don't know if. The work he did this offseason is going to result in different results. And you're, there's, there's people screaming at their radio right now, but Matt, but Matt, but Matt, he's had so many opportunities. He's, he's revamped his swing over and over and over. Why would you ever think that this time it's going to work? Well, two things. I'm not, well, actually, a few things here. First off, I'm not saying it will work. I am skeptical. I'm rooting for the guy. I like the guy. Uh, power hitting shortstops, nice thing to have on your roster if it all works out. So, but I'm I'm skeptical. I know what his numbers have been over the last few years. I'm not running away from that. But the other side of this is he's done something different. You know the old cliche about, um, you know, doing the same thing over and over and, and expecting a different result. Well, this isn't that. This isn't doing the same thing over and over and accepting a different result because he did something different this off season. He made legitimate changes. He assessed his swing in a more analytical way. Like I've, I've said this a million times, his, his approach was very similar to what Matt Carpenter did last year, and it has paid dividends for Carpenter as he has been able to extend his career and put up pretty solid numbers. I don't know if it's going to work with DeYoung. Again, I'm skeptical, but... He's done the work. You got to give him the opportunity. Shortstops who can hit 30 home runs don't grow on trees. Not just shortstops who can hit 30 home runs. Shortstops who play elite defense who can hit 30 home runs 
don't grow on trees. And if he's got it all together, if he's back to being the guy that he was previously in his career, if this actually did work, and I don't know if it is or not, then the Cardinals have more decisions to make. If there's one thing, this is a really weird Cardinals team when it comes to a position player standpoint. You've got three guys who you just can kind of rely on. Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, Wilson Contreras. Those are the three guys who have track records. Those are the three guys that you know who they are. You know what they're going to do. Even if Arenado's in a little bit of struggle right now, he'll come out of it. Contreras is going to be fine. Goldschmidt's going to be fine. You know what you're getting from these three guys. Whether they're giving it to you at the moment or not, when we're talking about it, come September and October, and we're looking back at what they've done over the course of the year, their numbers are going to be right there. There isn't another player on the roster that I feel that confident about that you just know what you're going to get. You can maybe argue Tommy Edmond. Edmond's got a little bit of a track record. But really, it's a, it's a bunch of guys that you don't really know what you're going to get out of them. And then to take that one step forward, every single other position player, and we'll throw Kisner in there as well because he's a catcher and he's not going to play anywhere else. Let's let's remove Kisner from this equation as the backup catcher. Contreras, Goldschmidt, Arenado. They are at their positions, third, first catcher. They're not going to go play ever anywhere else. You can't say that about any other player on the roster. Whether it's positionless baseball, whether it's just calling it versatility, Nobody else on the roster has a spot that they're staying in. Jordan Walker can play left or right, and at two positions, he's probably the guy who plays the least amount. Every other outfielder on the roster, well, you're probably not playing Burleson Center, but you could. You could if you needed to. Everybody plays multiple positions. Tommy Edmonds starting at second today. You need to play him at third, he can play there. We know about Brendan Donovan. We know about everybody on this roster. Gorman can play second. Gorman can play third. He's a DH as well. Everywhere. There is not a guy on this roster other than Goldschmidt, Arenado, and Contreras who basically know that if they're in the lineup, this is the position they're going to be playing in. Now, there's going to be the old-school baseball people who tell you that's bad. There's going to be people out there that say guys perform better when they know they're, you know the lineup is stagnant. Not stagnant is the wrong word. The lineup is non-changing. That It's a... Uh, it's static. That would be the better word for it. That you know what the lineup's going to be on an everyday basis, that a that a guy gets to the ballpark and he knows, okay, I'm going to be at second base and I'm going to be hitting seventh today. Another guy walks into the ballpark every day and says, okay, I'm going to be the shortstop and I'm the leadoff hitter. Like, whatever. Like you just That's your role, and it stays that way. The Cardinals really don't define roles for most of their position players. And I don't think that's really a negative thing. I just think it's a unique thing. From a positive standpoint, it allows you to go with the hot hand. From a negative standpoint, you start having these discussions. Okay, Paul DeYoung's back. He just had a good game. You don't know if this is sustainable. You don't know if he's somebody who is going to be part of the everyday lineup moving forward. You want to keep him in there while the hand is hot, and you really want to know who he is but you still got to play Tommy Edmond. You still got to play Brendan Donovan. You still got to play Nolan Gorman. It's a lot of really hard lineup choices on an everyday basis. The thing with center field too, I don't know, the more, 
when when the battle first when we learned in spring training that Tyler O'Neill was going to get opportunities in center field, I thought, okay, that's great. And in my mind, that was going to turn into one of those guys was going to win the center fielder's job. Tyler O'Neill was going to be just about the everyday center fielder, or Dylan Carlson was going to be the everyday center fielder, or Lars Newtbar was going to be the everyday center fielder. I thought one of those things was going to happen. It really hasn't turned out that way, where different guys are playing center field on on an everyday basis, and it's just it's it's kind of weird watching it, not knowing what it's going to look like in the outfield on a day in day out basis. Today it's Newtbar in center, O'Neill is in left. And Alec Burleson is in right field. That's the that's the outfield alignment today, and it'll probably be different tomorrow. And it'll probably be different the day after that, and the day after that, and the day after that. It's going to be different every single day, and that's just the way that this Cardinals team is built. I, I'm listening to myself talk. It feels like I'm talking about it almost with a with a with a negative kind of inference. There's, there's it's not supposed to be coming out that way. I'm hearing myself. I think if you were listening to me, you'd probably be thinking that I'm I'm talking negatively about that alignment. No, like it's just, it's different. It's weird. It's odd. The fact that there are the vast majority of the position players on this team, including guys who are playing on an everyday basis, don't really have a set position. I don't think it makes that big of a deal in terms of performance, in terms of wins and losses, things like that, but it's worth mentioning. 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can also uh, tweet at me if you'd like, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, when we return, we'll talk about the Giants uh, a little bit as uh, Danny Emmerman from uh, KNBR Radio. He'll join us in just a moment. It's Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. And Giants tonight opening up a four-game series. Our official coverage from the Cardinals Radio Network will begin in just about a half hour or so. We continue on with Sports Open Line. My name is Matt Pauley. Very happy to head out to San Francisco right now. Welcoming a guy who covers the Giants for KNBR Radio. He is Danny Emmerman. You follow him at D-A-N-N-Y-E-M-E-R-M-A-N. Hey, Danny, thanks for taking some time with us today. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm just at Oracle Park right now. Uh, thanks a lot for having me on. Yeah, we're glad to have you. the uh, The Giants and the Cardinals have very similar records. The Cardinals are nine and thirteen. The Giants are eight and thirteen. I can tell you, in St. Louis, there are a lot of Cardinal fans that are in full kind of freakout mode about the uh, first twenty or so games of the year. Are Giants fans doing the same thing? Yeah, I could definitely say for certain it's very much panic mode among fans, at least. Um, within the clubhouse, not so much, but I think the Giants, you know, fan base has more reason to panic than St. Louis, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think the Cardinals are a more talented team than the Giants. Am I speaking out of turn and saying that? Yeah, I think they have more talent, and I think they also play in a more winnable division. Yeah. Um, just look at the two lineups. I mean, you've got Goldschmidt, Arenado, you know, Edmund is hitting ninth, and then who scares you in the Giants lineup other than? I don't know, maybe Josh Peterson if you have a righty on the mound. Maybe Mitch Hanniger will see how he returns in his debut. Um, There's just not guys who really scare you like that, like the Cardinals. 
The team you mentioned, Mitch Hanniger, Austin Slater, those two guys are each being activated. They're in the lineup tonight. Slater's going to lead off. Hanniger is going to hit in the three spot. How much of a lift can those guys give this team? Oh, it's huge. Um, they're not like brand names, like, like a Goldschmidt or an Arenado or a Mookie Betts. Um, but they are guys who have historically really crushed left-handed pitching, in particular Austin Slater has an over 800 OPS against lefties. Hanniger you know, doesn't have crazy platoon slips, but he has the capability of being a really good regular everyday player. Um, and that's huge for the Giants, whose Achilles heel this year has been uh, hitting against lefties. They rank 28th in OPS against Southpaws. Um, so getting those two guys back in the order, it definitely makes their lineup longer. It's a little bit more deep um, and definitely has more options. How disappointing was it for the organization to have the very high-profile misses when it came to free agents during the offseason? Within the organization, um, they would never say, you know, that they let it get to them or, you know, they would publicly, you know, posture as we are. We're confident as the guys that we ended up bringing in. We're confident in the guys in that clubhouse. But, yeah, I mean, of course it's devastating to miss out on Judge the way that they did and to have Correa for a minute and then let him go, um, which within the organization they still contend was the right thing to do. But, yeah, I mean, within the organization, that's tough. It was definitely – a crazy winter, an unprecedented one, um, with a lot of highs and lows and roller coasters, and it might take a little bit for for this fan base to to get back to normal and and to believe in this organization and and franchise's leadership again. When you look at the NL West, I think most people assume that when all is said and done, the Dodgers and Padres are going to be in those top two spots in, in one form or another, and then you see who comes in after that. Do you feel like this is a Giants team that can possibly move into a position to be legitimately uh, fighting for one of those wild card spots at the end of the year? I do. This start did not do them any favors. They really had to bank some wins against the Royals and Tigers and White Sox, and they didn't do as good of a job doing that as they could have. But I still think they, you know, they have the talent up and down the roster and the depth to win 83, 84, 85 games. Um, and I think in the National League that might be enough to contend for, the, for a wild card spot. It's really hard to project that far out, but... I think they'll be in the mix, at least. 19 of the next 22 games, four against the Cardinals, uh, games against the Padres, including some games being played in Mexico City, Astros, Brewers, who are off to a nice start, Diamondbacks, who are off to a nice start, another playoff contender in Phillies. Uh, How important is this next, like, three weeks or so for this team in terms of trying to find some traction against some pretty tough teams? It definitely matters, but it's still April. Um... All these games count the same, but it's still April baseball, and the teams aren't going to look the same now as they will in July. Um, listen, like, the Giants didn't get off to the start that they wanted, and yet they're, they're three games back out of first. Um, everyone is kind of jumbled up right now. Nobody has taken the reins on the division. Still pretty much up for grabs with the caveat that, yeah, there are more talented teams than the Giants. Um, but... Now, this stretch will, will be telling in terms of where they where they are in terms of their standing within the division. It's been a really weird start to the season across Major League Baseball when you look at 
Tampa, Pittsburgh, Milwaukee, Baltimore, Texas, those being the teams with the with the five best records. Maybe Tampa's not a huge surprise, but they're 19-3 record. That's insane. And then the other teams, uh, certainly uh, that is a surprise. Do you have any thoughts on what's led to this very odd start to the season really across all of Major League Baseball? That's a really good question, and it's not something that I've given much thought to. Um, I guess the, out, the only outliers would be Oakland's and Tampa Bay. Yeah. Um, and those two teams, I mean, there's, there's obvious reasons to point to Oakland for an 18 record, and Tampa Bay has kind of shocked everyone. That lineup is, you know, is setting records. And I know they have a really awesome series this week against Houston. That should be really exciting. Um, but other than those two outliers, I'm not sure why there's, there seems to be much more parity um, league wide. But. You know, it'll be interesting to track that. Again, you know, it's the 23-game sample size, 21-game sample size. Um, I don't expect it to stay like that for the whole season. No, like that's why I keep telling Cardinals fans. Uh, the, the Cardinals are a better team than the Pirates. The Cardinals are a better team than the Brewers. The Cardinals are a better team than the Cubs. Just let talent kind of play out. It may just take a little while, but sometimes it's hard, I think, for people to hear that in the moment. It's possible that some teams who have more young players, who have more we've been more exposed to the rule changes, you know, have a little bit of a leg up to start the year over more veteran accomplished teams. But that's just, that's a hypothetical, you know, that's, that's just me theorizing. He is uh, Danny Emmerman. He's a Giants beat writer for a KNBR radio. Danny, thanks so much for uh, taking some time. Uh, enjoy the series and uh, hopefully we can catch up again in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks a lot. Take you, care. You bet. There's Danny Emmerman joining us here on the program on Sports Open Line. Again, Cardinals and Giants coming up this evening as uh, the Cardinals open up a four-game series. Tough, tough to win four-game series. Tough to take three out of four. More often than not, you're splitting a four-game series, especially going on the road. This is an important series for uh, both these teams. The lineup, one more time, we'll continue to give it to you because it's looking a little bit different than what it's looked like uh, recently. Lars Newtbar leading off in center field. Paul Goldschmidt, the two-hitter today at first base. So you got Goldie in the two-spot. Nolan Gorman bats third. He's the DH. Wilson Contreras bats fourth. He's catching. Alec Burleson starts in right field today, batting fifth. Batting sixth, left fielder Tyler O'Neill. Brendan Donovan is the seven-hitter at third base. Paul DeYoung starts once again. He's the shortstop, batting eighth. And Tommy Edmond, he'll start at second base today as he bats in the nine spot. We'll take one more break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up this edition of a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. And then uh, we're off to Cardinals Baseball, Cardinals Giants tonight. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to KMOX. He's the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goldsmith swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Into our final segment tonight. We're uh, wrapping up just a little bit early because we got to make way for Cardinals baseball. We should probably do that, don't you think? In a little early, get to uh, the Cardinals Radio Network coverage from the Cardinals Radio Network. Amarin Total Access, it's going to begin in about 15 minutes, 7.50, and then 8.45, first pitch tonight, Cardinals opening up a series against the Giants. Uh, Nolan Arenado, by the way, scheduled day off. This is something that uh, he was that was in the schedule. I'm always bummed out. So I saw, I don't know how I feel about this, because I see both sides. Uh, I... Somebody on Twitter, I don't remember who it was. It may have just been a kind of a random person. Somebody was complaining on Twitter 
uh, one day when either Arnato or Goldschmidt got the day off saying that they should work it out, that if Arnato or Goldschmidt are going to get the day off, it should happen on the road and not at home, that people are coming to Cardinals games to see those guys. And I read that, and my first thought was, first off, it really shouldn't matter. When it's time for somebody to get a, a day off, give them the day off. It really doesn't matter if they're home or on the road. But it got me thinking, if you have a choice, if if there's back-to-back days and you're playing the final game of the series on a road trip and then coming home for a homestand and you're going to give a guy off one of those two days, does the home road component play into it? And what's better? So the last thing I would want is, say, somebody from Fayetteville, Arkansas, or Stillwater, Oklahoma, or whatever city that is part of the, the Cardinals' footprint where people come up for these games. The last thing that I would ever want, especially from a kid's perspective, you show up to a game and the the player that you want to see isn't there. I don't know this for sure. Maybe the Cardinals would be able to tell me. I would doubt there's a lot of people that only get to one Cardinals game a year. I would think the the vast majority of Cardinals fans, especially people who would care about who's in the lineup. I would I would bet the vast majority are get to at least a handful of games a year. I think the Cardinals do a really good job of making it affordable for some games. Don't get me wrong, there's some very high-level, high-priced seating and things that are going on. But you know, during that Diamondback series, they had that uh, they had the promotion that they were doing with Tums, and it was the $5 tickets. And I just I think the Cardinals do a very good job. If you're willing to go to a, to a midweek game, if you're willing to see the Diamondbacks or the Reds or the Pirates, I think from, a, from an economic, financial standpoint, they make it pretty – not easy because I don't want to put I know we all have different financial situations and there's some people who just cannot afford anything extra. And I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad for that. But the bottom line is I think most people get to a Cardinals game, get to a handful of games a year at the very least. So if you go to a game and Nolan Arnato or Paul Goldschmidt's not in the lineup, you're going to see them the next time. Probably from a road standpoint, if that's the chance to like show those those guys off and to make for a baseball fan who doesn't get the opportunity to see Nolan Arnato, who doesn't get the opportunity to see Paul Goldschmidt. I think there's maybe more value in you know, when we're talking about in terms of growing the game of baseball, which is something I talk about a lot. I want the game of baseball to grow. Having those guys play games on the road, I think, is important. Sports producer extraordinaire Matt Pajeski, where do you fall? On all this, what's what's more important, getting those guys at home games so Cardinal fans can can see them, or being on the road to share the joy of watching a Nolan Arenado play third base with with people in other cities? I think that St. Louis fans get the get the priority. Okay, but at the same time, rest is rest is rest. You take it when you need it. You know, if Arenado needs the rest today, then that's the most important thing. Katie Wu did tweet out a little while ago, Katie Wu from The Athletic, that it was a scheduled rest day for Arnado, but at the same time, he was doing a ton of work on the field uh, before the game, trying to kind of work a kink out of his swing and things like that. So he's been struggling a little bit. Uh, he'll be fine. 
he's he's Nolan Arnato. Like he'll he'll be fine. So even though it's a day off from uh, from playing in the game, he was certainly doing work beforehand. That's one of the things that exists in baseball that's a little bit more challenging than other sports. You don't have days off if you're playing basketball, or you're playing hockey, and you just need to really work on something. Obviously, football. You've got the opportunity to do that and to spend some you know concerted time on something without uh, without playing a game. I talk about this all the time when it comes to somebody rebuilding a swing. And I guess this kind of goes back to Paul DeYoung in a way, but it's it's bigger than that. I've always thought one of the more challenging things to do is to find a way to fight out muscle memory. So you've got a hitter. Can dominate AAA, can't hit major league hitting, or really struggles against major league hitting. You'll you go and you work on stuff during batting practice, during early work. You'll 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 take some flips in the cages, things like that, and you'll really focus on whatever you're trying to fix in your swing. And then you play in a game, and the lights are on, and it really matters, and you don't have it down yet. How do you? not just revert back to whatever you have been doing that in that moment probably has a higher percentage chance of being successful. But from a long haul perspective, it's not going to be successful enough to keep you in that spot. That's why I always say this. One of the things that I look for when, if somebody's really struggling offensively at the major league level, and I know that there's things that they're working on. I know that there's uh, a part of their swing that they are really trying to fix, whether there's a leg kick in there, whatever. Like there's, I mentioned leg kick because that's the thing that Paul DeYoung has gotten rid of. But there's all kinds of, there's all kinds of things you can do, all kinds of small little movements inside of a swing that you can tweak. When, when I know a hitter is working on those things and they go down to the minor leagues, one of the things that actually makes me feel better about things is when they struggle right away, when they're not hitting well. And you go, well, that doesn't make sense. Why is that? What that tells me is that in the games, they are able to be specifically working on whatever they're trying to fix because it takes a while to get good at it. So generally, you don't have success with it right away. A lot of these guys, their swing that doesn't work at the big league level it's going to work at the minor league level, so they take that rehab assignment and or, not, or whatever assignment, and they go down to the minor leagues and they work on something, and they have a ton of success down there because they just keep doing what they've been doing, and it's something that works there but won't work in the big leagues. So it's a I can't imagine just from a muscle memory standpoint being I I think it's a mental strength. I think it's a mental strength to be able to fight off what you have been doing really for years and years and years and try to focus on something different. And that's where it comes back to Paul DeYoung because he spent, he didn't get an off season season ended last year. He got down to Florida. He was at the Cardinals complex in Jupiter. He was going through film. He was doing all kinds of things. He was working through his own program. Even once a spring training got started, when, when pitchers and catchers reported and most of the position players were there. I don't think the Cardinals had a single position player that reported on position player report date. Everybody got there early. DeYoung was still on his own program because that was the time period where the Cardinals couldn't mandate anything from a position player in terms of what the work that they needed to do during the day because you hadn't had the position player report date yet. DeYoung stayed on his own program, the program that he had worked on 
all offseason long until the very last moment where the Cardinals could then dictate the work that he was doing, he stayed on his own program and continued to work on the tweaks and the changes that he tried to make during the offseason. And was that enough work? Can you change the muscle memory? That's the, that's the question here. Nolan Gorman did it. Gorman made some significant changes to the way he was uh, approaching his at-bats and, and the way his swing was, and the Cardinals told him what they needed him to do. He went into the offseason. He did it. We might only be a few weeks into the season, but so far, so good for Gorman. And But I, I, I just I don't think we're giving Gorman probably the credit he deserves for the work that he put in to be in this position he's in right now in everything that he's done. And, and the next question to answer is, can DeYoung take the work that he did in the offseason, and can that turn into something of significance here moving forward? Night two of finding that out this evening, but we're not going to learn. He could have another three for four night with a home run, and it, it doesn't mean a thing. What does he look like in two weeks? What does he look like in three weeks? That's when you start to get an answer on DeYoung if this work and this hard work that he put in during the course of the offseason, whether or not it actually is going to pay out dividends. All right, that is it for this edition of a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. Cardinals baseball on the way next. Ammer and total access starting in about five minutes tonight. It's Cardinals, Giants, Jordan Montgomery against Alex Cobb. And I'll talk to you again in just a few moments right here on KMOX.